0: Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Wednesday Night Live. This is Ron Crawford coming to you from the Father's Church, right here in the glorious city of Dallas, Texas. And it's a great privilege to be able to say hello to my congregation here, as well as to greet all of our Saints Network family wherever you may be listening to this broadcast. I want to begin by thanking all of you for your prayers for the, uh, the, the very small team that went into uh, Europe this past week for a brief couple of days. Everything we asked the Lord for was there, and we have returned safely and well and whole, and all of the members of the team are now feeling fit as a fiddle ready to continue with what the Father has for us as saints. also want to uh, thank you for praying concerning the needs of uh, our outreach in this year into Brazil. It has not been without contesting in our acquiring a, a site for the big gathering that will be mid-year. But um, we are very confident that in the next couple of days, maybe even today, things will be absolutely, um, absolutely secured. It's kind of funny, I know some of you are listening, you may not have any idea what I'm talking about, maybe you're just tuning in for the first time. So just bear with me for a couple of minutes, but most of you listening understand the challenges that we have faced in trying to schedule this big meeting. Um, we had, we had something, uh, a series of these scheduled throughout Brazil, and then COVID shut it down. And now we, uh, we have viewed theaters and arranged uh, a a time and the amount of money for the rental, and then all of a sudden they say we don't want to rent to you. and most recently we <laughs> we found out that a wire transfer we sent down there um, was um, for some unforeseen uh, un, une- inexplicable reason uh, bounced back to us. We think that it was governmental involvement in some way but I suspect that it was just the enemy. Even the folks at Wells Fargo were, were baffled because everything was good. Um, it was through notable banks, and, but it bounced. So we feel that the Lord has given us a way where there is no way. Now, some of you would say, well, maybe that's God saying you shouldn't do it. That's always people's answer. Now, sometimes that's true, but when you're engaged in what would be uh, spiritual warfare, and you've bathed the thing in prayer, and you know this is what God said, and you arrive at a point of agreement I don't think that at that point God's going to say, well, I don't think it's your time to do this. God doesn't yo-yo us. Now, as we've studied in the past, there are times in the scripture where people prepare for something and then the Spirit says, don't do it. Well, the Spirit isn't saying any of the, anything of the kind here. This is just, this is just um, us having to be strong and resilient and insisting, just as we do in intercession, just as we do with a burden. Would you apply that same principle when you're praying about something and you know God said something is supposed to happen and you're investing yourself in intercession and then at the first measure of of um, opposition, you say, well, I guess God didn't want it right now. <laughs> I don't know where that voice comes from. Maybe that's the voice of a, of a doubting spirit. But... No, of course we wouldn't do that. We would, we would say, I'm going to keep persisting here to see what God wants. So we believe that today things will be locked in. So let's be in agreement for that. Of course, today is Wednesday. So whenever you're listening to this, maybe later this week, just know that <laughs> before you ask, he answered we're going to revisit the book of First Peter, chapter 1. Recently, we have spoken regarding the spirit of glory and of God, and we've talked about numbers of, of um, points of divine principle that are very clearly established here. Uh, Peter's just cutting right to it. One day in heaven, we'll meet Peter. Uh, He was a very big and um, notable physical and um, group-wise influence. And I suspect that he just said things like they were. And so what you have here is not a lot of theological jargon you don't have um, poetic prose. You just have him saying, this is what happens. And so we're going to look at the progression of things that happen in the spirit realm in regard to God's mysteries. And so if you are accessing 1 Peter chapter 1, just get there. We'll begin reading at verse 10, uh, but it's not going anywhere. You just, just hold on to it. We'll get there in a minute. You know, I believe that we're living in the most incredible time that mankind has ever seen, because it is the it is the moment to which prophecy and the works of the Old Testament, the magnificent and glorious sacrifice of Jesus, and the 2,000 years that passed since then, all of those things lead up to this. Now, that would be the case in any dynamic. You could always say history led up to this. But we're seeing unprecedented depictions of prophetic words that have never been revealed to the degree that they're being revealed now all things are coming together rather quickly for the things that we read about in the scriptures detailing the end times. And this is quite an honor for us to be living by the directive of our Heavenly Father in this time frame. And, of course, the role of the saints is an essential role the time of the end. We read that, We, we see their influence throughout the early church and throughout the writings of the New Testament, but we particularly see them in the battles that are clearly depicted in the time of the end. So I think that from my perspective, as a pastor, one who bears an apostolic word from the Lord, that God has been lovingly, carefully, and in many ways, in very long-suffering applications, training us, giving us assignments, showing us his principles, wanting us to employ those biblical principles continuously. Um, Each measure of victory before the Lord grants promotion, grants enhanced measures of authority, which is divested from the throne for the purpose of the kingdom. And that's why when we read scriptures that God directs us to, as Rhema words for our moment, all of the training, all of the, the biblical dynamics, the definitions of terms, the understanding of, of the way God moves, they just populate these passages. And the Spirit brings the synergy of understanding of them together. And we apply them into what God is saying. It's, it's a glorious thing. I even think about those early days when we were all stepping into the calling of the saints and God gave us that wonderful gift of diversities of tongues and began to show us uh, the treasures of serving him before his throne. I look at, at those amazing discoveries and epiphanies recognizing that what God was doing at the time was not necessarily uh, an end in itself. For instance, the, the way that the angelic populates this house and the way that we see their activity ministering alongside the sons of the Most High and they they would visit, they would impart, they would do things that were scriptural. And the oppositions we received because of that, the curiosities, the oppositions that from naysayers and from people who should have known better. But then also the wrong-sided view of what angels do when they come. There were so many people that would come to our conferences, because they wanted to sense an angel or see an angel to which the angels were aghast by because they don't want notoriety any angel that wants notoriety is not one from God you mark that one down that's 1st Ron 3-4 you know and I had to kind of stand and say to many of them look this Fascination with the angelic, on the one hand, has to do with the fact that God is training us in how the angels function in the kingdom. But if it's just for the purpose of feeling an angel, or sensing an angel, or seeing an angel, or belly aching because you didn't do, uh, you didn't participate in any of those, um, that's bogus. And You know, the the shine on that wears off after a time. And what you have remaining, hopefully, is an appreciation of what the role of the angelic is in the service of the throne of God in conjunction with what we, as born-again believers, sons of the Most High, saints of the living God, are doing on behalf of the throne. Those angels are called to minister on behalf of the heirs of salvation. And um, their duty is to fulfill the holy calling of restoration of the divine will. These are all things we've studied from the scripture. And we should know them. And so, I remember regarding the mysteries of God that the, the gift that God gave to the church on the day of Pentecost was really twofold. One was unknown tongues and the other was that measure of um, recognizing that you could move in Revelatory identities, dreams, visions, prophecy, being handmaidens and servants, which the Spirit would pour out upon, those those are really what the birth of the ecclesia was on Pentecost. And we know from the study of Scripture that praying in the Spirit is is utilizing the Spirit of God within you to speak the Mysterion of God directly to God and and there are other things too, that's not the teaching for the day but in relationship to the revelation of mystery Mysterion is the ongoing day-by-day perhaps uh, unfolding of the greater concepts of his mystery. Mousterion labors to make clear the apocalypsis. And the apocalypsis itself in scripture, or something that has been hidden, something that God reveals in his timing, can be really a twofold thing. It can it can be something that a dynamic that god is fulfilling for right now but it also can be something that is epic something that is an epoch of time a chronos moment so i think this i think that and these these are scriptural terms so put on your thinking caps now folks gird up the loins. Don't start thinking about what you're going to have for dinner. Musterion is communication with God as an intercessor, <clears throat> point by point. I think that Apocalypse is a big book. The, the juncture points of Apocalypse are chapters, and Musterion are the sentences, the paragraphs of those chapters, perhaps even the words you know we have Kronos and Kairos. Kronos is the overall purpose of God, the timing of God. Kairos are those times where God says, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. That's perspective, like, that's like the watch on your arm or the clock or the calendar on your phone or, or electronic device. It's timing there. Mysterion and Apocalypse is the practice of how God is revealing his mystery. And You can grasp all these things. You use them if you're praying at all. So just keep your thinking cap on and know that this is what you're doing. It's not it's not some crazy uh, in the sweet by and by thing that we don't have to know now. I think that we're at a confluence of apocalyptic moments. Well, we said that God is, has turned the page in his end time manifest. We know that's happened. And takes a big, it takes a little while for that huge page to actually turn. And I think that there are many things that are being put in place to populate that, what God is doing in this end time. This may be the final page or the next to the last page of what we read about in the book of Revelation, probably the next to the last page. But there are many things that are crucial, revelatory parts of apocalypsis that are being done right now. And we must pray in the spirit. We must pray in diversities of tongues. Because God doesn't do anything without the voice of the intercessor. That's what he's chosen to do. And it's um, it's an incredible thing to know we have that responsibility. So, we're living in those days. And um, God has trained you for this moment. Now, now as as prophesied, we come back to... Um, verse 10 and it reads this way of chapter 1 of 1 Peter it's talking about what Jesus did how he came to, to initiate this very process that we've been talking about and it says that verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, um, which talks about really the, the finite grasp of what a human life is and we ought to be serving God as intercessors at the right hand of the throne to fulfill that measure of accomplishment of what God's called us to be. And then he goes into verse 10, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. So the Old Testament prophets prophesied about these moments of grace because grace and truth came when Christ came. That's what the scripture says. Verse 11, Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven which things the angels desire to look into. Wow! This is Peter's progression. So let's look at it. You tell me if this doesn't make sense. You have prophecies that have gone on before regarding the time we're living in. Number one, we have a responsibility to serve God in this time frame that God has put us into. That's a given. Um, We have this privilege in grace to participate in what verse 12 says, unto whom it was revealed. That is Apocalypto. Uh, To take off the cover to see what God has ordained for a certain period of time, and certainly this time. The prophets knew that not unto themselves, but unto us, they ministered their prophecies, which are now reported and are continuing to be reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you by the Holy Spirit, Sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. I think this is so interesting. And then we'll read verse 13. We're going to drop, we're going to come back to this. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Are you doing that? Be sober, focused on what God has given you, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ and that revelation you have something that is revealed which is apocalypto and you have something that is a revelation in verse 13 which is apocalypsis well before we drift back we're we're just covering this we're chewing this strong meat What is the revelation of Jesus Christ? Now, for those purists who grew up in the church, we're taught to believe that that is the second coming. Undoubtedly, it will be that. But it's not only that. And the reason I say this is if you study that word, revelation, of Jesus Christ if you look at apocalypse and you should all be able to do that if you took if you took uh, advantage of getting the bible program with the strongs king james or whatever other version of the scripture you use you will see that the first time the law of first issuance that apocalypse is used it is when mary and joseph brought jesus the baby into the temple There he met, they met, Jesus met, Anna and Simeon. And when Simeon, under the anointing of the Spirit, was directed to come to the temple, he took the baby Jesus into his arms and he began to declare. And what he said was that through this child, the glory of Israel the glory of what was spoken and intended by God for the old through the Old Testament was going to be a light, phos, P-H-O-S light, to the Gentiles, as a point of apocalypse. The, in other words, Jesus came to initiate this series of mystery, this series of the divine plan being revealed or unveiled through people that are participating in what God has prophesied, interceding, seeing the things open, that the objective of Jesus, the first use of this word, the prophecy over him in the temple, in the temple was that what what was happening in the old covenant was now giving place to this child who would partner with the Gentiles through his sacrifice in bringing light and a revelation, apocalypsis, of God's plan. So the revelation of Jesus Christ does not begin and end at the rapture. Sorry to all of you folks with neat charts. This has been in operation for it's part of how God moves. He will always move in this way. Jesus began this when he came to earth and it has it began then and has been manifesting since that time. We're enjoying it now. We as the Gentile church, the Tabernacle of David, are participating in is, is, as intercessors to bring the light of the Lord. God's light is shining on us. And it's because we're interceding in conjunction with the angelic according to the overall timetable of God, the plan of God. That's what Peter's talking about here in brilliant fashion. So that verse 13, gird up the loins of your mind. Not everybody's thinking this. Most of the church has no conception of this, even though it's hidden in plain sight throughout the scripture. I don't say that from a pretentious standpoint. I say that from an awareness standpoint. Some of you hang around other ministries. That's fine. Some of you read all kinds of things, all kinds of opinions from different churches. That's fine. Recognize the difference between the general church and the saints and be what you're called to be. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be strong in what you believe. Don't wassail. Don't vacillate. He who hesitates is lost. How many times did Jesus say to his disciples, How long do I have to be with you? It's because of your twisted purpose that you're not seeing this. You want to have power in the spirit realm on behalf of the kingdom? Well, fast and pray because it's because of your iniquities, your, your waffling. You can be aware of things. Isn't that what we do as mature people? You know, you, you spend time with little kids, somebody's got to be an adult in the room. They may be wah wahing and crying and getting upset with everybody else around them, all the little kids. And somebody's got to keep focus on what you're there to do. Are you that? Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Don't be drunk with all kinds of other opinions. There's always some new opinion. There's always some new agenda. There's always some new quote unquote thing that God is doing. Well, what's God asking you to do? So you've got loins of the mind, sober, and hope. What is hope? Hope that dynamic that is planted in you through the heart of God for what he wants to accomplish in faith. And grace that is to be brought unto you as the revelation of Jesus Christ is unfolding. And again, that began when God sent him to this earth. That was declared by Simeon under the unction of the Holy Spirit when he held the baby Jesus in his arms in the temple. Do you see this? And so, the apocalypsis is everywhere throughout the New Testament. You see God doing revelation of of moments where he's unveiling a new thing. It's it's amazing. And, And I think that there's such a display of this right now that... We need to really be sober, recognize this principle, gird up the loins of our minds, hold on to the hope that this is our calling, and know that grace is a glory to glory thing. We have many of these um, chronos releases from the thesaurus in heaven that are being unveiled. As, you know, in the in the ancient mind, these would be like scrolls, but it's the circle of God's ways that he releases. It's, it's what the libraries of heaven are filled with. And when God says it's time, one of them is released. And I, I feel like it's it's brought over from that place. These are all places that are listed in the scripture. They're there. I don't know where they are in juxtaposition to your mansion on the hilltop. Um, But God says it's time, it's brought forward, and it's opened. Now, this apocalypsis, to take the lid off and to look at something, that's interesting. It's mentioned a couple of times here. It's mentioned a couple of times here. Um, And it, it really... It, it, it is in conjunction then with the angelic we've already talked about how god has something he wants to do in conjunction with his mystery he he lets the lid be taken off of it and and that's a that's a dynamic in the heavens it's not just a a mason jar of something but it's opened with great with great wonder and then we, we pray about it being opened, and then we, we participate in its opening. This is what Peter's talking about here, and it's borne out with a plethora of scriptures. I guess what I'm saying is we're living in this moment right now in a greater way than at any other time in history, I believe. God is bringing all things together. It's the prophecies of old are being confirmed. The things the scripture says and has said are being manifested. The promises of God to us in the new covenant are being known. God is bringing all things to a conclusion. The enemy sees this. And this is one of the ways he knows his time is short. Not just for lost territory, but for all these things that are being opened. He knows it. He's doing everything he can to dissuade you. And to deceive the world. The battle lines are drawn. But what about this business of. um, Which things the angels desire to look into. This is really interesting to me. Because again. It is in the context. Of this overall mystery of God. With the lid being taken off. So. With that in mind. On both ends of this phrase. The angels desire to look into. Why? We'll talk about that in a moment. What does this represent? To look into is to kneel down or to stoop, as it were, and to peer into something. It's not used very often in the New Testament. Most notably, it was when the disciples and also Mary bless her holy name, came to the empty tomb, the scripture says stooped down and looked into. That's what look into means. It's, it's a fascination, but it's appearing into something that has been opened to see what's going on in the midst of it. Now, So that's the look into. What about desire? Now, if you look at the word that is translated as desire, it it is used to, in humanity, often to talk about a a passion or a lust that just consumes someone. Uh, We... We know the that the holy angels don't do this um, that term epithemeo, is is really an ancient term and in its earliest usages it was used to describe yes passion but here's some of the ways that it was used it was an eager desire to recover men who had been either captured through, from a family or from a city in, into slavery, or as prisoners of war. It was used to describe um, someone that was dying of thirst, who was craving for water. It was used to describe um, a way of bringing back something, some possession, some valued possession, that had been lost. So, the essence of that passion was for a life necessity. It was for something that was needed. Something that had been lost, that needed to be restored. Do you see that? So, I believe that for eternal beings angels, holy angels, who constantly are said to proclaim holy, which is the restoration of something that God created to be pure and good, that had been twisted or absconded or just forgotten about, or perhaps even hidden until this time by God. The angel's want that fulfillment of the purpose of God. So with all of these things that we're talking about, the prophecies of old, the prophecies of Scripture, grace coming, Jesus bringing light through the Gentiles by virtue of the taking open of the lids of God's epochs of time, And we needing to be sober, girding up the loins of our mind, embracing hope, uh, seeing grace brought forth, We, we, uh, we see really the life of the saints depicted here. So how do angels earnestly desire to look into this apocalypsis? So here's another factor. There, you have to look into. So you have, you have angels desiring to look into. Uh, you you know that the look into part is um, is the perikypto, which is it employs that idea of the 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 cryptos, something that. God, the secret thing of God that maybe has never been said that God, it's his good pleasure to show it. All of these factors that we've studied are there. So in the apocalypsis is the, the crypto <laughs> and it is God's timing in conjunction with his intercessors in grace these things come together and God says it's time to open a thing. And there it is. There, with that opening in the natural, sometimes they use that term to describe the, the opening of a much anticipated harvest of wine. Uh, uh, wine that has been fermenting. Something that has been waiting for a moment. Something that has been building with not only anticipation, but with uh, explosive force. And when they would open it, open the seal, there would be a whoosh. This is just my opinion, but I think that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Where God was birthing the church and he was giving the ecclesia the opportunity to then pray in the spirit as partners at the right hand of the throne of God in intercession. Through only through the sacrifice of Christ, and that sound of the rushing mighty wind was an opening of the new covenant bought and paid for by Christ. The fire on the heads was the fulfillment of the spirit of judgment and burning in the overall ways of God, leading to the old testament into the new, but then an empowerment to ongoingly partner with the ways of God with an eye toward the ultimate fulfillment of this age. Now, once the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and Satan is in the abyss forever, this does not end the way God moves in his mysteries. We'll apply all of these principles throughout eternity, so you better get used to them. You better be you get busy living before you're dying. So, um, this is incredible to me. Now, I'm just very grateful for this verse 12 that says, unto whom it was revealed, there's one of our words, that not unto themselves, people have who have prayed and prophesied up to that point, but unto us that did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel with the Holy Ghost. That's interesting. So the people that paid the price before God for these things, the great cloud of witnesses as it were, for these things that were being revealed. Then the people that Peter is writing to are receiving them because somebody under the anointing of the Holy Ghost had this breakthrough moment and who could facilitate this at the behest of God in service to the king and then whom have not seen, believe. Verse 8, Peter says, of whom he ha- whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You'll you have to believe, but you don't just believe everything you hear. You don't even believe everything you see. You believe what aligns with Scripture and what you know God is doing from the Scripture. And I'm here to tell you, a lot of things but there are a lot of times that i hear people say god's revealed something and i think well i respect you but what you're saying he's revealing isn't scriptural i'm not talking about tradition or doctrine or the way things have always been just flat out not scriptural now, some people will believe anything but if you know you're partnering with people that you trust And they're not getting this from somebody else. They're getting it straight from the word of God. And your spirit bears witness. Somebody experiences that breakthrough. You don't idolize them. But God chooses to speak them. You remember Mary, you know, stooping down looking into the tomb. Jesus appears to her. She comes back. Those dudes don't believe her. So Peter and John have a foot race. They come. They come back. Thomas doesn't believe. Jesus is walking with the men on the road to Emmaus. He's proclaiming things to them. And they say, Where have you been? Are you not aware of the things that happened in Jerusalem on these days? Think of the audacity of that. Speaking it to the one who hung on the cross and who rose from the grave. You know, not everybody's going to believe, but when you know the people and you know that they're not braggadocious or pretentious and it's certainly bounded in scripture, you believe. You bear it out in your in your prayer and in your searching the scripture. But these things are happening. I had an experience over the past number of days that I was not expecting. And I mentioned this yesterday on Saints Radio, but we were in um, for a very brief time just for a few people in France. It wasn't because we loved them more than anybody else, even though we love them. It was what God said to do. So everybody take off your jealousy hat. So, sitting at a table of a man who we really have grown to love, he's a medical doctor, but he's also just one of the most precious guys you'll ever meet. He's from Lebanon, which, as Teresa will tell you, really, Teresa Smith, Pastor Smith, she'll tell you that that That's a bonus for him right there. He made a meal for us and he asked me to pray, which was really a, a nice thing. Um, I, I felt really honored that he asked that. So my daughter, Katie, was going to translate the prayer. So I just began and I said, oh, Heavenly Father, and she said, whatever, whatever that is in French, something to do with pear. Um, all of a sudden, I heard this loud noise above me, kind of above and behind me to the right. And it was, it was just, it was, it was almost like something was crashing through, but it wasn't disaster. It was just notable. And it was like my, my spirit The spirit within, which is born again through Christ, every human has them, uh, but not everyone is born again. It was like my spirit, like when John, when it said that the baby leaped in the womb, it was like my spirit was pulling out from the center of me up through my right ear and my head kind of turned. It was the weirdest thing, just the strangest thing. It, It didn't feel odd at the time, it was just unique. And I suddenly heard laughter and proclamations by a number of voices. And they were speaking what what I think is very similar to what happened on the day of Pentecost, but they were speaking about what I thought at the time this man was going to be able to do through the unction of the Lord in the year to come. And it was really wonderful. And and this went on for maybe 15 seconds. It seemed like an eternity. And then I just said, I'm very sorry. Uh, And I said, I just heard this and I hear all these voices just triumphantly talking about what God's going to do in this country and what he's going to do through you in this new year. A lot of good things. And I said, I release those things to you. And then the sound went away and I finished the prayer and we Commenced to eat and we began to eat. What a wonderful time that was. I'm, I'm really blessed by that. We had flown the night before and it was the evening. We were kind of tired, but you learn when you travel internationally that you just got to buck it up. It's more a matter of you submitting the mind to what your body is trying to feel. Trust me, there are so many all-night prayer meetings that we've been a part of. You can survive for a day without sleep the night before. You may not like it, but you can survive. That's just an aside. It won't cost you anything. Well, I thought that was great. I was kind of perplexed by it, and it wasn't the topic of the night. We were just listening to a lot of things that, our brother was saying, which were really exciting. I think he talked 80% of the time and it was good to hear him. He wasn't bragging on himself. You know, some people just drone on and on and you think, when are they ever going to be quiet and we can stop? But this was invigorating and the anointing was there. Well, we bid adieu to them and um, we got about the business of the rest of the the days. Um, fast forward to uh, what was first Saturday prayer on Saturday. Which people around the world, saints, were joining before the throne. But it was nice to be in France and to pray there. So we're all praying and it's, it's great. It's nice to be there and that beautiful land, and conducting business in the spirit realm, feeling the pulse of creation, which waits, if you study this word out, waits for the sons of God to participate in this manifestation. That's the word. That's the apocalypsis, the apocalypto. That's, that's it. The sons of God are supposed to be doing this, and creation is waiting for it. Now, all of a sudden, right side up above my spirit coming up, uh, I hear that same noise again, only this time I looked and up in the right-hand corner, I saw a circular opening and I saw many masculine faces, bright shining faces peering through and they were also saying words in many different languages of wonder and amazement and in the backdrop of it i could hear lots of rejoicing i could see what i know to be the temple of the tabernacle of testimony i could also see off to the left the uh, the altar of incense and then i could see the brightness of the th- of where the throne is and the color of the throne was a, a a beautiful hue of red, which meant to me that God's Spirit was releasing something. It was time. And the position of where this circle was, was in the front of uh, quite a distance. How do you gauge distance in heaven, in the vision? But it was past the court of the Gentiles, but in that nebulous place that separates the nations of the earth from... Um, from heaven. And the scripture speaks about that being like a a windy place or a place where warfare has been. But God is opening what I believe took the lid off this epoch of time. I think that's our word for this year. In fact, I know it is. How much of this we're going to partner with God in how many places around the world where there are pockets of saints, what their responsibilities are in these multiple instances. I think that this is just the beginning of the of the apocalypse of God, its release in this year and in this time frame. There are many of these that are, are going to be coming together to fulfill the overall measure of what God is doing right now. And this is the breakthrough. We talked about breakthrough is coming and the perets the parrots of it. But I think the main breakthrough was God opening up that seal and letting it be open into the, this theater of operation known as earth and in the spirit realm. The angels looking in that are ministering on behalf of us who are heirs, who've been given responsibility to intercede and to proclaim and to go and to make disciples and to establish the kingdom the gospel of the kingdom in all the world for a witness. We have a limited amount of time in this window before the next phase begins. So we've got to work for, I think the next phase is night. And I think the next phase, the next one that will really, the next major one that will be open will be the darkness that is really going to encapsulate the earth and the gross darkness, the people, but also the light of the Lord shining upon his people. Yes, we're participating in that now. We're being trained in that now. There are vestiges of it. There are demonstrations of it. But something has got to set the stage for what we see played out in the eschatological scriptures. How long of a time that will be? No man knoweth. So put your charts away. I wonder if the 30 minutes of silence in heaven was not depicting the time when intercession there, intercession among the angels on their faces, the elders, the cloud of witnesses in conjunction with us. I think we're going to become so at one with what our conversation in heaven is going to be so tightly bound together, that we're going to be in conjunction with God. And that's not a good word. We're going to be so aligned with the right hand of the throne and what's going on in the temple. And you read about in the book of Revelation, um, a suspension of man being able to go in and out of that temple uh, when the vials come forth. uh, I think that this is a, that 30 minutes of silence is a combination of intercession there and international intercession on earth <clears throat> with a close proximity unlike anything we've known when time is is at the point of being no more and the silence is in hushed anticipation of something being revealed that we read about in Scripture. We don't understand it all, but we can certainly see these principles. But we're not there yet. It's coming. We're here right now. We're living what Peter said. Now, could it be that what Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this, revealed this unto you, but my father has. And upon this rock, what rock? Perhaps the revelation? Perhaps the sure foundation that revelation comes upon and builds upon? I'm going to build. I'm going to put everything that I've ordained to do architecturally in the spirit realm, my ecclesia. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Peter, when you have been converted, strengthen your brethren. When you come to this realization, when you have this breakthrough, then apply it so that the brethren can be strengthened. Unless you become as a little child, you cannot enter into the kingdom. What is an entry into the kingdom? Could that entry be? be God's entry of the kingdom. And you've got to be childlike to receive it and to say, this is something new. I've got to grow into it. Yes, I've been mature in the Lord. I've grown and have been strong in the Lord in the power of his might and in his word. But now here's the kingdom coming in a new way into our very midst. I've got to submit myself as a child and enter into it. See, all these scriptures are wonderful living words of the divine principle that is eternal. Is really what proskuneo is. You lay on your face and you welcome the kingdom. You lay everything you are down. You're humble, as humble as you can be in a physical demonstration. God searches for people Who will do that? The woman at the well where so many of those proscuneos eight in fact, are listed. Where is God? In this mountain or in Jerusalem? Let's argue about it. No, it's neither here nor there. It's everywhere. It's throughout the world. The Father searches for people who will be on their face and his kingdom and his glory will be known. That's us. That's our job. So we go forth in this new year. Confident that we're living truly in an era unlike anything that God has ordained. But God is in total control. This passage, Peter, is telling us how things, this very concept, has brought the people of the old covenant to where they are then. And Peter is saying, we go forth from here, participating, verse 13, in that revelation of Jesus Christ. And what is that revelation? Yes, it will ultimately be, for this epoch of time, him coming as King of kings, Lord of lords, catching his church away, coming back on the white horse. Wonderful. He is the light thereof. But that revelation does not stop then. It keeps on going. What's verse 14 say? As obedient children, not fashion yourselves according to the former lusts, as if you were ignorant. We cannot be ignorant. But as he which is called you is holy, so be you holy in every manner of conversation. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Holy. What does it mean to be a saint? How many more ways can Peter say this? And if you call on the Father, if, one of the biggest words in the Bible, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Not fear in the world, not fear of COVID, not fear of this or that, Not fear of Uncle Joe. Fear that we in some way will fail God. It's more of a divine awe. We've got a job to do. I don't want to come behind in any grace. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, corruptible, 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 corruptible things as silver and gold, From your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Ho, 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 I sound like Santa. So, here is Peter saying that the tradition received from your fathers is corruptible. Tradition for a time when it's first being revealed is alive. But if you hold on to that dead thing, it will corrupt you. But with the precious blood of Christ and as a lamb without blemish, blemish, who without spot, verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Wow! Peter just keeps on going. You know... Many Christians just skim over this. He is giving in a no bones about it, not scaled back, line upon line, principle upon principle, treatise on how to function in the kingdom according to the plan of God, the revelation of God, in conjunction with the angels for the holiness of God's ways. This is where we are. Now, I had this experience, and it was from the Lord. I have done my very best to depict what it is from the Scripture. I'm speaking to you as saints. Verse 12, Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, I'm one of that us, that ministers the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you by virtue of the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. That's my role right here in this thing. And I've done my very best to live as an example to the saints I know it seems weird to people, but if you can't see this in Scripture after we've point-by-point looked through it, we need to lay hands on your noggin and break off the shackles of doubt and unbelief. God is doing this wonderful thing. This is the year of breakthrough. God breaking through to us Things that He has ordained from the foundation of the world in this time. We as intercessors partner with it, and we enter in. We break through. We break through into it, we break through on behalf of it, and we do it with all of our energies and strength. We are girding up the loins of our mind. We're sober in the power of hope and grace in partnering with the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, here's your assignment, and i am gone past time. Your assignment is to just go through these, these words, search them out in Scripture. You're going to find that revelation, the revelation, is something that we've written on this in the past, years and years ago. But now it's time for you to take those truths that are still accurate and see what God's doing in it in our day. You study the scriptures. You look at it. It's an easy thing to do. See about what's coming when Jesus is revealed with his holy angels. That's different than being caught up in the rapture. There's a lot of these instances. They're all coming. They're all immediately ahead of us. What a privilege that is. So I release to you the efficacy and the empowerment of what this vision of heaven, of the time of the Lord, I declare over you the empowerment of that to minister to the Lord on behalf of the Lord in what he requires of us. Let's be vigilant and diligent as intercessors. And let's, let's see how God is going to show forth His glory in this wonderful year where we're partnering, as Peter said just in a few verses from there, with the spirit of glory and of God. Isn't it great? Isn't God's word wonderful? Isn't, isn't it so nice to see this just it makes so much sense to us doesn't it? It, it it god's word is to read it and say yes this is happening we're functioning in this oh how how terrific is this my goodness i'm i'm just so blessed By the goodness of God and the privilege that we have of serving together with him. Chapter 2, verse 9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a nation of saints, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Wow. You should read this entire epistle. It won't take you long. But be studying all the way along and be praying. This is our moment in the Lord And this moment is very clearly depicted. Yes, real-time things happening, but application of these principles, these pneumaticos understandings, based upon the study of Scripture, being revealed, functioning, just incredibly, wonderfully fluid in God. How great this is. Father, I speak blessing over your people. I thank you for the calling of the saints. Help us in this year to be those who will be faithful to you and to the calling you've given. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thanks for joining some of you are going to have to listen to this again, but that's the beauty of the, the archive. Um, get it into your spirit, because you need the word to 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 galvanize you, and to gird you up, and to help you, to be guided into this truth. Till uh, next time, God bless. And goodbye.